0: Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you've listened to the podcast before, or if you enjoy the episode you're about to hear, please like the podcast on social media, and please leave a review. Having listeners like and review the podcast is the fastest way for it to grow and reach more people, and we really want to share our stories with the biggest audience possible. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Jones Own Real Estate Team. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking
1: Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one,
0: hit it, Chris. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. How are you today, Brian? I'm um, doing great How are you Why do you always ask me How I'm doing like, yeah, it's re- I it's not It's really we-
1: Like I wish just for once It was like You could come up With something different To say right after Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast That's all What would you recommend How you doing Brian That's That's what I that's asked you Literally what you, that, you didn't let me finish Because that's what You that's what you'd always say If I were you Here's what I would say Matter of fact Let me take it over just Let me just do the Go ahead Alright It's me loud down. enough You don't need to mess with okay. it Count me down Three, two, one. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast, where we are interviewing local business owners, entrepreneurs. All the stuff that's in the intro, yeah. Repeat that for everyone. Repeat that for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing fine. how do you th- How'd you feel about Chuck today? Chuck Tyndall. I love Chuck Tyndall. He's he's a he's. A, he's a, you got your back feeling better? Yeah, man. In yeah. addition to the float yesterday. So yes, we had. Yeah, yeah. I went on the float yesterday. You went on the float. Let's talk about your float experience. First, because you know, I, I'm always talking about floating. I've, I've done it eleven times now. Well, how
0: was your second floating experience? Do you, do you know what flotation therapy is? You don't do that? I've we'll, never. heard well, you got get. In we'll it. get into this. Um, it was amazing. It was the best float I've ever had. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was. So it was float Carolina, it, We went was to Float job. Carolina.
1: Uh, it's it's about three months old. We'll, we'll take you. We're gonna take you, and. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're we're joined today by Loretta. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. All right. right, we'll talk about all that later. Yes. Today, yes, we'll talk <laughs> about the we'll talk about that later.
0: We are joined by Loretta Hubanks of Loretta Hubanks Photography. Loretta is an award-winning photographer, and she is known for her whimsical children's portraits. And she's located right here in Rock Hill. So, Loretta, welcome to the Jones Zone. Good to have you.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Good, good. So um, that was a quick and really brief introduction of who you are and what you do, but if you don't mind, um, share a little bit of your personal story, some of your professional background, and then how you got involved in the photography world.
2: Okay, great, thank you. Um, I started my career off as an early childhood educator. I was a preschool teacher. and after some time, I realized that I kind of needed a creative outlet. So I started dabbling into photography. I bought my first DSLR and... Um,
1: DSLR. Kind of DSLR. Dynamic Severe... Dynamics Severe. <laughs> what does DLSR, DSLR stand for? Do you know? I don't know what it means.
2: A digital single... Uh, Lens. Yes. And then... Retina.
1: Like, <laughs>
0: oh geez um
2: so my first uh professional grade camera um and I just kind of learned how to manipulate photos and everything through um trial and error but also YouTube Google those were great create great outlets for I guess learning technique so um I decided not to go back to work after my second daughter was born. I had a really rough pregnancy with her and uh, quite a recovery. So I stayed home and then that's also when, as a family, we moved across the country. So we lived in Oklahoma at the time and then in 2010 we moved to Denver, Colorado. Denver. Denver.
1: Have you been to the airport in Denver?
2: Yes, many times. Did you know there's
1: like a secret underground society, like literally in Denver, like like there's there's murals, and it's like I want to say it's like satanic murals. I'm not joking. It's not a conspiracy. It's true.
2: No, it's true. Yes, and right. And they're very twisted. It's like and
1: and the, and um, wait, wait, wait. What are, what are you talking about? The Denver airport. Oh, it's a huge On, conspiracy. Yes, yeah. and, and 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 it's it's shaped like a swastika. A swastika.
2: And there is a secret floor. Yeah, I have a friend that works for the airport. It's true.
0: Like, check out these murals. Well, I flew into Denver and it was very nice. I got you're a cinnabon. I stopped and got a magazine. You missed all because the news you're not news you're not part wall. of the elite establishment. You had
2: to look at the wall. Let
0: me pull up these pictures, but go ahead. Yeah.
2: I'm flying there this weekend. I'm going to send you pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we moved to Denver in 2010, and I decided that I was going to try to push a business at that point. Um, My daughter, Brianna, she is now eight years old, but at the time was only a year old. And she started showing signs for developmental delay. At the age of 18 months, she wasn't talking. Um, She started having a lot of behavioral, you know, sensory meltdowns. um, And so as an early childhood educator, I knew that there There were programs out there that could help her. So we got involved with a program called Child Find. And it's an early intervention program where, if they qualify for services, they send out therapy or therapists to the home to work with the child until the age of three. We realized at that point that Brianna had a significant speech delay. Um, And then, uh, so she worked with the therapist until she was three. And then she went to, she qualified for free preschool. And when she was in preschool, that's kind of when we started to notice that there was a little bit more going on. So it took a couple years and a lot of persistence, but we um, got her in for an evaluation and she was diagnosed with autism in 2015.
0: By the schools or by a pediatrician? By
2: an actual psychologist. Okay. Um, And so by doing that, She now qualified for special services um, with the insurance company where she could have a lot more therapy and everything. So for me to go back to work, I wasn't able to. Um, When Brianna was three, it was very difficult for me to really get her to focus on taking photos, posing, smiling, you know, the, the typical photos that you would see of children and I realized at that point that I needed to kind of step outside of the box and do something different and that's when I started to kind of let her just do her thing during sessions and that's how I developed my style.
1: Yeah you mentioned like before we got on the podcast a part of your style is to engage with the kids throughout the session and uh, to get them to look up you would say something like look at the squirrel in the tree and then they would look up and then you would Get, you a snap their photo there.
2: Absolutely, it's all about, it's all about how you communicate during the session. So from start to finish for any session, um, I'm engaged with the child completely. So I'm on the ground, I'm crawling around, I'm playing with them, we're playing peekaboo, and I'm asking them questions, you know, favorite shows, um, favorite foods to eat, I mean, some of the most off-the-wall things. But by doing that, I'm keeping them engaged with me enough to where they don't lose interest, but I'm also getting exactly what it is that I'm going for. I'm getting the natural looks at the camera when they do look at me, but I'm also helping them looking around at other things, and just because I know I know my angles, I know what I'm looking for. So, yeah, a lot of times they will be like, do you see a plane in the sky, or yeah. did you see that bird, you know, and they're looking everywhere, and... I do that all the way from toddlers through school-age kids.
0: Did you Were you doing this before Bri, before Brianna kind of exposed you to maybe this tactic, or, for lack of a better term, or were you, were you doing that the whole time?
2: Um, you know, when I first started, I just remember being really nervous in front of the camera. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make myself sound like a fool, you know, like trying to make all these noises and everything. Um, and I don't know if it's just the experience of, you know, working with her or just with all kids in general, but I've just learned to, um, to talk like through the entire thing to be engaged. And so I used to be like, look at the camera, smile, say cheese, you know, and you know, like if you ever go and get your family photos done, a lot of times the photographer would be like, say cheese, say cheeseburger, say ice cream, you know, and stuff like that. I don't do any of that because ninety five percent of the time you get the cheesiest grin, truly, and it's not a genuine smile. So if I say something, I try to make myself sound really silly, and they start laughing. And when they start laughing, that right there is just the most natural smile.
1: You know, what you should try to get them to laugh. Like here's this idea just came to my like came to my head. Like I would pretend to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> I would throw myself on the ground and kind of like kick and flail yeah and then if they
0: started laughing I would hop up real quick and take a picture that
2: works do you think it works works? yeah so
0: one one tactic I suppose yeah what would you do I I, I would probably go more along the lines of, of what Loretta does okay I wouldn't want uh, my adult clients to see me acting like that. I don't think.
2: Oh, you know what? When you're in the moment, and you're trying you're just so for hard. It. You just go for it. I mean, if that's what it takes. There's been times where I told kids that I'm sitting in water and you know my bottom's all wet, and they laugh at that. Um, I once had ants attack me, and in real life, oh, and rip, for they real? laughed at that, and I was still shooting. Yeah. It was.
1: I fell into an ant hill. Remember that, Chris, in Charleston? Yeah. I fell into a, this big ant fire ant hill in Charleston when I was like four. Yeah. And wow. I still remember that. Yeah, it was, it's terrifying.
0: Yeah. It's All right, so you are born and raised, I guess, in Oklahoma, right? I was not, oh, okay. actually.
2: Um, I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and I was raised in Germany. What, what part of Germany? Where were you raised?
1: Heidelberg and Stuttgart. Do you know, are you familiar with Kaiserslautern? Yes. I I lived there for two years. I was at Ramstein. Very cool, very ah. cool.
2: Yeah, my dad was in the army. My mom's German, so. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I lived in Germany until I, well. Speaking a Deutsch? I do a little bit.
0: Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I do a little bit. She responds in English. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do, I know. My mom, my mom actually still talks to me in German a lot, or, you know, she'll comment on something on Facebook in German. I have a lot of German family.
0: Wie geht's. Do, you, do you know what Wie geht's is? Mm-hmm. Good?
2: Good. Yeah. Do you? Yeah.
0: Good. Dankeschön. <laughs> 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 All right. Yes. So, what branch was of the military was your dad in? Army. Okay. So, you guys spent how long in Germany?
2: Um, from off and on from the time I was born. So, eighty five. Well, I was born in eighty four. I think we were there in eighty five um, until nineteen ninety, and then we moved to the United States for the first time. Well, I guess second. That was Oklahoma. Um, nope. That would be Arizona.
1: So, can you run for president? Like, Jeez. if you, if you weren't born. Were you born in America? As
2: I was born it in the United States. It was a joke yeah. anyway. I, I totally could. could. Yeah, I, I, I could, could if it. I wanted to. I, I was mean.
0: trying to make Chris laugh. It didn't really work. Oh, sorry. Because um, no, I knew that was a silly question. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, okay, so, man, you moved a lo- around a lot then. I
2: did, I did. And through that, you know, you gain good social skills. You learn how to make friends quickly. So, moving from Colorado to here in July, you know, just put my military brat style in action and go get her.
0: Okay, so... You moved from Germany to Arizona, then then what?
2: And then uh, we lived in Louisiana for a brief period, and then New York, and then after New York, we went back over to Germany until I started high school.
0: So why did you start your story with Oklahoma? <laughs>
2: because my my um, my photography journey started in Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, post-Germany, we moved to um, Colorado. My dad got stationed in Colorado Springs. I
1: have a friend stationed there. Yeah,
2: beautiful, it's beautiful there. Um, He works
1: inside a mountain.
2: Oh yeah? Yeah, Yeah, NORAD. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Yep, NORAD's pretty cool. So, yeah, Um, it's, it's the one place that everybody forgets about. There's actually five military bases in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so.
1: Interesting. So going back to this Denver airport, it looks like there is uh, a, a, a Nazi soldier. He has a machine gun, yes. Chris. And Thank then there's like a devilish Mustang statue, like a Mustang, a horse. And it's blue, and it's called Lucifer, and, it, and this is a conspiracy. It's not, it's not me making this up, but it represents the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, which in the Bible represents death. And ironically enough, the guy who created the statue, Luis Jimenez, was killed by the statue. Do you know that?
0: Yes. How was he killed by it? Fell Uh, on him? Yeah. Part
1: of the statue fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. Oh my gosh. And there's, yeah, and there's underground bunkers. Like right here, some people think there's a mysterious network of underground bunkers beneath the airport. Well, I don't understand how people can think. I mean, is there or not? I mean, how, I don't how know. is that up for Many debate? of the conspiracies oh, around bankers. Denver Airport revolve around what may lie beneath the airport? A former airport construction worker claimed that the reason why the airport was so far behind schedule was because five multi-story buildings were built beneath underneath the airport. The same construction worker, as well as others, also supposedly said there was a complex network of tunnels. Hmm. New world order. And you know about all this? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it common knowledge? It is, is it is, everybody knows about it,
2: yeah. Well, I guess not everybody knows about it. There's so
1: much weird stuff in the world that we don't know about that goes on.
2: Well, when you fly in and out of Denver airport so many times you start to notice things like, yeah, so. You want to know what's the worst part about Denver International Airport? So when I moved here in July, I flew I flew out to Denver to pick my kids up from their father. And when we left Denver to move out here, each of them had a book bag on. And my son, he actually left his book bag on the train. We never saw it again, but it had our plane tickets in it I had my driver's license in it thankfully we already made it through security so we were able to get mm-hmm. you know new plane tickets and fly but never got my driver's license back oh. and he lost all his underwear so <laughs> oh man <laughs> i know but yeah so like if you if you ever fly to denver just don't don't trust your children to carry their own book bags yeah
0: yeah because
2: oh, <laughs> you never see it again that airport's really big so
0: Alright, So you get through high school. Yes. Did you go to college? Um. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Because you you had to become a teacher. So walk us through a little bit of that. Like, what was some of your, what what made you want to be a teacher and teach kindergarten and preschool?
2: I had the opportunity as my senior in high or senior year of high school to um, start college early, and my. Are you real
1: smart? Kind of like that. Is it because (laughs) is that is it because you're super smart?
2: I had enough credits. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. Barely understand.
1: graduated, so I don't want to. Do <laughs> um,
2: my high school actually paid for my first year of college. It what? Was a program that they had? Yeah, so that's how I started my journey in early childhood education, and um, through that, like, I realized that I, I, I really enjoyed working with children. The bad part about working in a daycare was just, um, or as a preschool teacher was just that. I'm in a building working with women all day and there's nothing wrong with that, so I'm not trying to diss anybody who does that. But um, but it's also, there's, there's a lot more that goes in play with it. Like you can't have as much creative control over your curriculum. Um, and then, you know, it's a very redundant job. You know, Monday through Friday, you know, 7.30 in the morning to, you know, 3.30 in the afternoon. And you know, it's just the same thing over and over again. So um, for me, Personally, it just wasn't, it wasn't something that I could see myself doing long term. It wasn't
1: fulfilling. It
2: it wasn't, but I still enjoy working with children, which is why I've centered my business around working with children, and now more specifically, children with special needs. Mm -hmm. I have a very soft spot for that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, when you decided to start your own business, I mean, walk us through a little bit of that. I mean, here you are, you're a teacher, you're tinkering and experimenting with photo photography and (coughs) what led you to like say all right enough of the teaching I'm going to focus on the photography 100% and make it make this a business and a career
2: everyone thought I was nuts I even thought I was nuts just a little bit you know but um I was passionate enough about it that you know I personally think you know I have ADD so the the blessing about ADD is that when you're really interested in something you can hyper focus on it so that's exactly what I did i have like hyper focused on starting a business and getting myself out there never did I see myself being where I'm at now but um, but it was just a lot of hard work I mean just learning how to acquire a business license Math was not my strongest suit, and when you run a business, you have to be good at it. You know, you have to be good at running the numbers and everything like that. So um, it's still a learning curve. I think every day, you know, I'm still learning, you know, something new about business. You know, there's a lot of times in, in running a business where you are going to fail at something, but you learn from it, and you, you just change, like, you learn to make those changes so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, so, Adapt. Right. I mean, I you're always out. tweaking and changing things, especially in my industry, too, being a photographer. There's always things that, you know, in my industry that are changing that we have to, you know, kind of go back through and filter and fix.
0: How do you guys stay on top of technology and cameras? I mean, it seems like that, that industry is, like, changing every day. Like, get the latest camera and get the latest thing. I mean, how do you guys stay on top of that?
2: Um, we network together a lot of photographers, you know, um, this is not an industry to, to want to be better than everyone else. This is an industry to collaborate with everyone else. And that's one of the biggest things that, that I'm very passionate about is that, you know, in my industry, connecting with other photographers is so much better than being against them. So we network together. I'm in a lot of forums and groups where, you know, we just have open discussion and chat about things and, That's how we learn about, you know, what works, what doesn't work and, um, new products that are out there and everything like that. So,
0: yeah. What are some of the best ways that you get your business out there? I mean, I know you have a website, but what are some other ways that you guys get your, get the word about your business out there and create clients and stuff?
2: Word of mouth. Um, you know, when I, when I shoot a session and I have satisfied clients, they're going to be proud of their images that they're sharing it with their friends. And so that's kind of how things go out in the photography industry, uh, publication. Submit your images for publication and Mm -hmm. get the recognition.
1: Do you do anything with social media, like on Instagram or...?
2: I am. um, So Instagram used to be a private account for me and that just kind of spiraled out of control. Same thing with both of my Facebook pages. Um, So they all just kind of intermingle. But yeah, like I do a lot of social media... Uh, networking and and everything.
0: Yeah. So publications, you've been in some and you've won some awards and stuff. What are some of the things that and accomplishments that you've gotten?
2: Um, just being featured in um, certain blogs like Rock the Shot, which is now known as Pretty Forum. Uh, that was kind of a big one. And then uh, the, Mosey magazine, that's the Mosey Magazine. The Mosey Magazine. Mosey Magazine. It's just an online thing. Imaginarium. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Imaginarium. Um, I, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we've heard of that. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, how about Getty's Images? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm represented through Getty Images, oh, okay, which yeah. is also another big one. Um, and for that, I had to submit. And then um, the Shoot and Share contest, that's one of the biggest ones. And last year, I submitted to that, and um, it was kind of a big deal. And then, you know, I was a finalist in that. I didn't win, but it was just You know, bragging rights. Most of it's just bragging rights. Do you do,
1: like, wedding photography or anything? I do not. Yeah?
2: I do not. That is the one thing I have not, like, opened myself up to quite yet.
1: Why is that? You just not your cup of tea, or is it is it more like not your niche, or you just don't feel like doing it, or
2: kind of all the above. It's not necessarily that I don't feel like doing it. It's a lot of work. Mm. Uh, wedding photographers, I
1: that'd be very stressful. I would I would say. I would mean, think.
2: yeah, like you're on your feet. It's a lot about, of pressure.
1: I think that's a lot of pressure too. Dealing with someone's like the perfect day. You you have to get these perfect shots and.
2: It is. You're on your feet for eight hours. You're shooting. Um, you're competing with Uncle Bob, who has a nice camera that day too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then you're you're basically strapped to a chair for six weeks editing those images and getting them ready for those clients that are really excited for their their images. That's one of the biggest keys in this industry. Is like you can't make your clients wait too long
0: mm.
2: because then they lose interest and oh yeah
0: oh yeah we never did get those pictures back did we
2: yeah yeah it's like you know because the day after you do the photos you know you're like oh my gosh I'm so excited I just want to see them and for me I'm just as excited as my clients are so I I try to work fast
0: um the future I mean is this something that you want to keep up um forever I mean how what do you where do you see the business evolving if at all I mean what do you where where's this going to go for you?
2: I would like to continue doing photography. I'm I'm only 33, so I have a little ways yet. Oh, a um, young
0: buck. Yeah, you're not going to be no. retiring anytime young soon. Young buck.
2: No, yeah, so I I definitely would like to continue to grow and uh, get my business out there. What's your birthday? It's in August. Oh. August
1: 10th. Okay.
2: Yeah. Why well, when yours?
1: Uh as someone who is older than you, I want to by 7 months uh I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to to try to give you advice like some wise guy, like wise older guy, but it was a joke. It kind of (laughs) fell apart before it got started, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, you've been on a roll with them today. (laughs) Yeah. You guys want to talk about floating? Yeah. Did we mention that before? So what's floating, bro? Okay.
1: Loretta, if I could tell you, if I could show you a way, I could show you something that's going to improve your sleep, alleviate stress increase motion oh, I'm sorry increased mo I'm reading here increased motivation diminished depression and anxiety and fear would you be interested yes <laughs> then you might be interested in floating sensory deprivation what? get inside this this pod you listen to Joe Rogan experience at all podcast Joe Rogan do you know who Joe Rogan is I do not okay I'm sorry. no problem <laughs> Jeez Chris. No. So uh flotation therapy, also known as sensory deprivation therapy, is you get inside this pod, and okay. it's probably like ten inches of water. It depends on the pod, but inside this water is eleven hundred pounds of Epsom salt. So you get inside the pod, you close the pod, and it's darkness. Now you lay back in the in the water and with the eleven hundred pounds of Epsom salt, you float. So the water is the same temperature as your skin about 94, 95 degrees. You put the earbuds in, like earplugs, to pre- to prevent water from getting in and also to prevent the sound. But you can also listen to sound if you want, but like music and stuff. But the goal is, like it's total darkness and you're just floating. It's kind of like meditation, except for one hour of floating equals four hours of meditation. Or is it four wow. hours of sleep? Something like that. But Chris and I, we went to this place called Float Carolina yesterday. Okay. And uh, it's been a, it's been open for about three months he said something like that and uh (coughs) place is amazing but it's it's great for like recovering if you're an athlete uh mental focus mental focus um the the epsom salt gets the magnesium into your skin anyway the podcast should be coming out soon so give it a listen i definitely will it's very 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 where was this at this was in waxaw about 20 minutes from here yeah. It's yeah.
2: Waxhaw, is that North? It's or? North Carolina, yeah. right. Okay. It's not
1: too far from here, but it's definitely, it's, it's awesome. It's very good. It's very relaxing. You get out and it's just like, like I said, it feels like you've been asleep for like a four hour, like I had a four hour nap. Kind of. And
2: how did you feel for the rest of the day? Were you tired or were you like No, I wasn't tired. Or? No, I was, I was
1: fine. I got back to my normal self. Probably like an hour after I was done. Did you
2: feel decompressed? like yes. Yeah.
1: Like it's crazy because you get out. Interesting. Like you step out of the tub and it's just so relaxing. You shower back off, rinse the soap off and everything. And uh, it's just very, you're very relaxed for like, I was I was relaxed for like an hour after the whole podcast. Yeah. if it's float. into like yoga or... If you're into like yoga, yoga, meditation, any type of thing like that, yeah. it, you should definitely try floating. It's good very for your cool. back too because, or any type of joints... Like if you have any like aching ish, like aching muscles or anything, yeah. Like say if your back hurts, we'll say we'll use the back as an example because I have a bad back. But yeah, you're floating in this thing, so it relieves all the pressure. Interesting. It, yeah, it, it it's just amazing. I can't, I can't praise it enough. I love.
0: Brian it. bought stock in it yesterday. Apparently. Apparently, I bought stock.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, no. That's awesome. A bit of like like creativity. Yeah, it's very good. Like I was thinking of all types of crazy stuff yesterday.
2: Oh man, I can only imagine what it would do
1: for mm. me. <laughs> uh, oh, you you would love. That's what I'm saying. You got to do it. I walk got out of
2: there and go shopping for my next session. Right, we <laughs> be
0: hitting up uh like a one of those stores. So walk us oh, through I'm a good. session for someone that's listening and is like, you know, I'm thinking about getting some family photos. What does what does a session look like? What does that do?
2: Yeah, I would love to. Um, so first we start off with a consultation. You come into the studio. Um, I get to learn a little bit about you, what it is that you're looking for, your style. Um, Everybody has a different style in their home. So whether it's contemporary or uh, rustic or anything like that, I kind of want to get a good feel because based off of that is going to determine a location. Um, I help out with any questions that they may have. I learn a little bit about any children that might be involved in the session or anything like that. and really what it is is that it kind of takes the pressure out you get to meet me before the session so you know hopefully when we do meet up for the session it's not going to be um, there's no pressure you know what I offer is such a personalized service that I feel like it's important that my clients are comfortable around me yeah it's it, it really is um, and then Based off of that, we have now your set schedule or the set location and time of our session. So we show up for the session the day and I usually start off just hanging out and if there's little kids, um, I let them play with my camera. Like if you've looked at my website you'll see a lot of my kids are playing with my camera and they're getting to know it and everything because I think that's important. That's an important part of it. Uh, and then we start shooting and I can honestly tell you the first 50 frames that I shoot during a session go in the trash Because nobody's ever comfortable. Mm. It's the last 20 to 30 minutes that are like that's a sweet window. That's when I'm, I'm getting the real shots mm. um, After the session we part ways I spend about one to two weeks editing your images and I bring you into the studio for a proofing session now, all of my pricing and everything, I'm upfront with that at the session consultation. It's on my website, so there's no surprise, you know, I'm not bringing you in to now sucker another... To upsell you, yeah. You yeah. know, $1,000. <laughs> I'll out tell you what I'll i throw in
0: an, uh, 18 oh. six by threes. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly, and so um, what you've paid for is what you get the day you walk in for your, your proofing session. Really, what it is is just my way of being able to show the images that I'm excited to share with you, but also... Um, you know get get your feedback on on the images too and then yeah and then after that I keep in contact with my clients.
0: Cool. So, Where you tell us about your studio do you take pictures there as well?
2: Yeah so um, I just opened my studio it's off of um, in Rock Hill it's off of India Hook and Ebenezer mm-hmm. Oakland right down the street from the college. Yeah. Um. So I found the perfect building and yeah I have a studio an actual studio to shoot in and a nice reception sales room type area so do you do like a
0: black screen or a green screen or anything like that or
2: um i i typically don't um i don't like the whole green screen thing it's not my style i if if i'm out shooting something i'd rather it look natural than to photoshop you know a fake scene in there the lighting's (laughs) never going to be right anyways but um but i do have backdrops in there and uh millions of dresses for little girls literally millions okay fine
1: <laughs> just kidding. like
2: 50 there's there's a good rack full of clothes um part of my you know one of my other things that i've done over the years is that i've sewn a lot of the dresses that i use for so yeah so i have a lot of really unique things you can sew i can yeah that's part of me having a kiddo with sensory needs mm. i learned how to sew when she was younger Wow. so yeah so I've I've made a lot of dresses and and everything that I I use over the years. So
0: how has your transition to Rock Hill been? I know it's been like six months since you've come here, but what are some of the challenges that you've faced as not only as a parent but as as a business owner and photographer?
2: Um, I think for me it was basically just kind of finding that that little loop to get into. Um, I joined Meetup and Meetup is how I met Leah, and so. From there, it's it's kind of been you know like finding my way around. Uh, she's put me in touch with a lot of people, like you guys. <laughs>
1: who's the cool? Who's the coolest people that she's put? She was with? I'm fishing for compliments. I mean, I, I always geez. do. I. <laughs> <laughs> No,
2: she's amazing. Um, But yeah, no, I I think the hardest challenge has been just kind of finding my way into the group. I mean, being new to a small town is not easy. But I will say, I find that a lot of the people are very welcoming. You know, they've been very nice and um, very helpful and everything. I think some of the biggest challenges have been, you know, um, getting my kids... You know, situated in their new schools wasn't so bad, but you know, this was essentially it was just kind of like you know, maybe the third move for, for one of them, but for two of my kids, um, my kindergartner and my third grader, like, that was kind of their first big move across the country. So, I'm pretty proud of how they've adjusted. Yeah, the school's totally been great.
0: Stuff.
2: Yeah yeah i do like it here though um i i plan to stay for a good while
0: good good have you had um what are some of the cool locations that you're using here in the york county area
2: oh gosh well my backyard your personal (laughs) backyard yeah so i bought a house on land and so um when i first moved here i was just like desperate to get out and shoot so i found my backyard but you know some of my favorite locations are like probably the most random off the street. So if you ever see my truck just like parked off of this street and you see me in the bushes, it's because <laughs> I, found, I found a magical spot, okay? Um really, I haven't I keep hearing about this place called Glen Cairn Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I haven't checked it out yet though. Um There's also Freedom Park in Charlotte. Charlotte. I've been there, but I haven't shot there yet. So I'm like itching to get out and just like really explore. I'm
0: sure you're you're looking forward to spring and when it gets a little warmer, right?
2: Very much so. You know, when I moved out here, we, we didn't actually get our household stuff until the end of August, and then the kids were starting school. I was opening the studio, so I really haven't had a chance to get out there and shoot yet, but... I am so excited about this spring.
0: Awesome, well, Loretta, why don't you take uh, another minute here and just kind of wrap it up and take us home. Just uh, remind everybody who you are and what you do and then how they can get in touch with you, most importantly.
2: I'm Loretta with Loretta Hubanks Photography. I am located in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I The best way to get in touch with me would be either through phone, which is 803 My website, which is Loretta or, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram under Loretta Hubanks.
0: Awesome. Well, Loretta, thank you for coming on The Jones Zone. It was a pleasure to have you.
2: Thank you so much. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and cut. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.